Hey, man, I got something I'd like to share, Williams. And, and uh, I know you got your Bible turned out chapter 2. But, but some of you have heard me tell this, but there's several of you in here that's never heard me tell it. But when I was 30-year-old, I blew my knee out completely. And uh, I'd, I'd been praying for folks to be healed. But I'd never, I, I had, anytime my, when my boys were little and growing up, if they got sick, I got the oil out. Sometimes I had to go, uh, I'd have to get the lard and put it in microwave and, and, and melt it. I did, that's how strong I believe in oil. And I know it's not the oil that does the healing. Folks, I know that. I just like to do what the Word of God says we do. And it's to take the oil, anoint their head and pray. I, I woke up 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning and go get the oil out and wake Rhonda up, about to straddle over, putting that oil on her head, praying for her several times in our life, in our marriage. Because I do believe in it. I've seen God work too many times. But I'd blown my knee out and, and I, I was pastoring church. I didn't understand. You know, I, I thought, well, God, I've got too much to do. I still, still got to work. I made a living stomping a sure. Stomping an electric sure or, or a foot sure. I mean, a non electric sure and, and using the brake. And I couldn't do that. So I laid in that hospital. They, they done surgery on me. They told me I was going to have to have orthoscopic surgery. They didn't think it was as bad as it was because I was more or less getting around on it halfway decent, you know. I went and got a second opinion, and, and uh, this man's name was Dr. Fry. He was about retired. He was an atheist. He was a, a Scientologist, didn't believe in God. And I told him right off the bat, I said, well, I'm going to let you do this surgery. I said, but you know somebody besides you is going to be doing this surgery. I said, I'm a firm believer that God will do this surgery. And Oh, he reminded me of Bar Bryant, so he reminded me of. I mean, he's just that type of fella. You know, he shrewd remarks, didn't have no bedside manners. He was a pretty mean doctor, just to be honest. But uh, I went, and I told him, I said, listen, the only thing I want to tell you is this right here. If you have to cut on my leg, I'm going to Birmingham. Do not do that. Close me back, shut me up, do whatever you Do the orthoscopic and let that be it. Don't cut on my leg. Well, I went in for the surgery. We prayed, and, and uh, as I got in there, and uh, I started waking up, and I, first thing I done is reached it. I felt a full hard cast from here down to my ankle, and I thought, "Oh Lord!" I started hollering, "Nurse, nurse, nurse!" Just as loud as I could holler. I knew something had to be wrong because I was planning on waking up with just a little bitty, a soft cast on my knee, you know. Well. She came over and I said, did they cut my knee? Did they do open knee surgery? She said, no, sir, no, sir. She said, it was just so much worse than what we thought. Said both intercruciate ligaments were tore completely in two and all the cartilage was completely tore out. She, she said, we done all we could do. She said, you may still have to have open knee surgery. Well, I thought, man, it's hard cast. The doctor come in maybe a couple hours later and and he got to telling me why he put the hard cast. He said, you're going to be down for about three months. He said, you have to wear this hard cast six to eight weeks, and you're going to be down. And I thought, man, how am I going to make a living? How am I going to pay my bills? What am I going to do, Lord? But see, God's always got a plan. You better believe me, God's always got a plan. If you live for him and serve him, he's always got a plan. I laid there in that bed, and my first cousin that lived in Chattanooga, James came in, Joyce and James. And uh, he, he goes to Church of God, which 
Hey, by the way, call me a Babacostal because I believe in the gift of the Holy Ghost. They've called me a Babacostal. I believe in anointing with oil, and I believe that. So they called me a Babacostal. But James was standing there at the foot of the bed, and they were fixing to leave. And he said, Brother, God told me to come pray for you. He said, no better than that. God wants you to pray. I said, okay, I'll pray. And he reached right over, and he, put his, he laid his hand, just barely laid it on top of my knee. Now, listen, folks, I prayed for a lot of people. About every Sunday, there was somebody to anoint and pray for. And, uh, but I hadn't seen anything like this up to this time. And I went to praying. And as I prayed, my knee caught on fire. It started burning so bad I couldn't stand. It was like there was a fire burning inside of my knee. And I just finally just said, amen. I don't even know where I was at in the prayer. I just finally said, amen, because it was burning me so bad. I thought, what's going on? And I looked up there at him, and I was startled. I really was. Now, listen, I've been praying for people to be healed. I've seen them healed, and here I am. And he had his hands thrown over the top of that bed, and he was wiggling his fingers. And I looked at him. Rhonda was sitting there with me. I said, James, did you feel that? He said, feel that. My fingertips are burning off. I said, you've got to be kidding me. He said, brother, you just got your healing. You just got your healing. I didn't. I, didn't completely understand. That's the first time I've had a healing like that. I've had God heal me of uh, flu or cold or little bitty things, you know. Well, it wasn't but about an hour, maybe two. I don't know. As the day went on, two, two orderlies come in. And they took me down for x-ray. They give me an x-ray, and next thing I know, they come in, and they cut that hard cast off of me. My wife right there, she's seen every bit of it. They come in that same day, just right after this now, cut that hard cast off me and put a full soft cast. About two hours after that, they come back in again. They took me down for x-ray. They took that full cast off. They put a little bitty soft cast on my knee. And I thought, man, this is just awesome. You know, me and Ron talking. But let me tell you what happened then. My knee went to hurting so bad, I cried. My knee was hurting me so bad. And then I went to doubting my healing because I said, God, my knee's killing. What's going on? I never had felt pain. Even hurting my back, it was as bad or not worse than my back was, and they cut me seven inches from my back. And, but I sat there and I prayed. And a little nurse come in. She gave me a shot, got to feeling better. I laid there for two days hurting so bad that I couldn't hardly stand. I laid there in tears. And I thought, God, you know, the old devil was trying to make me doubt my healing. He's trying to make me give in and say it's not healed. Even after him coming in and cutting that cast off and me feeling my knee burning the way it was. Well, I told the devil that ain't happening. Me and Rhonda prayed. I claimed it, and I didn't doubt it anymore. Uh, three days I was out of there. Maybe the third day I got to come home. In 11 days, I walked in to have my x-ray. During my presence, in my atheist doctor's office. I wanted them all to see it. I said, look here. He just grinned at me. I said, I told you somebody beside you was going to do this surgery. I said, my Lord touched your hands. He looked at me. He said, something besides me happened. He said, I will confess to that. He said, because I've never had anybody to come in here this soon after a surgery walking without their crutches ever. And I just, all I could do was praise the Lord. Amen. God let me experience that for a testimony. 
for a testimony. Amen. I believe that. Listen, everybody we anoint, you trust and you believe. I don't know why God heals some and some he don't. I don't know why some get to, I'm not going to tell you you don't have enough faith. That's not my place. It's between you and God. That healing is between you and God. In this Acts chapter 2 here, they was 3,000 saved, 5,000 saved. They all give all everything they had. Amen. And they all come together and they were praying. They were going from house to house, the word of God says, breaking bread and praising God. They were anointing, they were praying, and there was one after the other being healed in the name of Jesus. When one would get saved, the whole household would get saved. Amen? I'm telling you, folks, God is wanting to touch you today like he never has before. I felt that this morning. I don't know why I had to experience the sickness this morning. I don't understand it right now, but I believe God will show me. I believe there's a reason. I do. But then, you know, I had prayed since 1995 for God to heal my back. And it's been maybe two years ago, hon. About two years ago, I was here, about three. It's been closer to three. I had laid in that bed, and about every night she'd have to get up, and she'd have to wrap that heat pad around me. I'd hurt so bad, I'd squat. I couldn't, couldn't stand it hardly. It was all the way down to the bottom of my foot. My back was hurting me so bad and killing me. And, and, and I, I'd say, God, I, I've come. And not this altar, but that altar over there. I laid in all night one night praying for God to heal my back. I said, God, I prayed and seen people get up and walk. That's paralyzed. Why will you not heal my back? What's going on? God spoke to me and said, my grace is sufficient for you. Get up. Go home. So I did. But when this was hurting me so bad that day, God spoke to me that morning. I tried to get up at 6 o'clock on Sunday morning to get meditation and, and to get in the spirit of God and get ready for service so we'll have the service God would have us to have. Uh, we need to come in here ready to worship. We need to come in here ready to see souls saved and ready to see hearts and lives touched and changed every Sunday. Folks, we don't realize how important this is. This gets me from one service to the next. Amen. But I came in that morning to church. God spoke to my heart before I got here. He said, ask the church to pray for your back. Well, that, see, that's the first time I'd heard anything from God about my back in my life. I've had three surgeries and surgery on my neck. They rebuilt three or four discs in my neck, or five in all, but three major in uh, both sides of my back. And I, I didn't understand. I thought, well, maybe that's my thorn in the flesh. Maybe that's how God keeps me humble. But that morning, he spoke to me. Oh, I was so excited. But still, you know, even though I'm the preacher and I've seen all, I still, there's still a little bit. And God says, come, don't have no doubt. Don't doubt nothing. Just come and trust and believe. Have faith and believe. And I got up, I, I hesitated at first, but I got up and I said, folks, my wife is having to wrap me every night with a heat pad all night long. I'm having to sleep with a heat pad and I'm hurting so bad I squall. And it was hurting so bad, I didn't even realize my back hurt, my leg was hurting so bad. You men that's had back trouble and your sciatic nerve run down your leg, you know what I'm talking about. The only times it ever got to my foot, I went and got cut on. I want to tell you, Miss Joan done my MRI, Don's wife, Joan. The doctor called me in his office. He said, Jeff, 
He said, if I do any more surgery to you, I've got to completely rebuild your spine from the bottom of your neck to the, all the way to the bottom of your back. He said, completely rebuild. I said, what's that mean? He said, you're going to be down for about a year. I said, what? I said, Doc, we just built a church. Hadn't been in two, two years, three years. And I said, we're growing and God's blessing. I said, I can't be down that long and not pastor the church. He said, it'll be six months before you'll be able to stand and preach. Boy, that hit me hard. And it was right after that God spoke to my heart. Because any time the pain has ever got to the bottom of my foot, I said, let's go. I was ready to go. I couldn't bear it no more. I couldn't stand the pain. And I had to go. And I always used that as while I was going to have surgery or not. When it got to the bottom of my foot, the pain, I knew it was time. Well, it was to the bottom of my foot. I come in that morning. I asked you folks to pray. You folks that were here, you know. I didn't think no more about it. We didn't anoint me or nothing like that. I don't think we may have. I don't remember that. But I do remember this. I woke up Monday morning, and I didn't use the heat pad. My leg wasn't hurting at all. I woke Rhonda and said, honey. My leg's not hurting. I went to bed Monday night, all night long. I woke up Tuesday morning, my leg didn't hurt none. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and three years now, it hadn't hurt me at all. Maybe once, maybe twice because of cramps or something. But God is a healer. God is our great physician, folks. If we will trust and believe, and I don't understand how God does it. If I could, I would go to the hospitals. I'd go room to room, and I'd just anoint people, and I'd say, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed. But see, that's not for me. It's God. God uses us for an instrument. God does all the healing. God does everything. Amen? When we start thinking we've got something involved in it, that's when we're thinking wrong. Amen? Amen. I thank God. I'm going to read you this scripture because this here is the greatest church that there ever was. This was the greatest church that ever was. Me and Brad got in a discussion this week. He said, Dad, can there ever be a church like Acts chapter 2? I said, I'm going to tell you something, son. I said, there may not be one like Acts chapter 2, but I'm going to tell you what there's going to be. I said, there's going to be a great revival like this world has never seen before. And I said, it's going to start right here, right here in North Alabama, and God is going to anoint and bless this place like we've never seen before. God is going to pour his spirit out, man, woman, boy, and girl, going to be visions, going to be dreams. Amen. God is going to bless like he's never blessed before. And you say, preacher, how's it going to start? Let me tell you how it's going to start. When Brother Danny's mama got healed that day, crossed the road over here to uh, a stop and pray, as Brother Chris calls it. Amen, the stop and pray. And she got up out of that altar. She went to Danny and hugged him, went to her daughter, I think, hugged him, started hugging everybody and walking. The next thing I know, the man from Chattanooga called me, and he said, I was down in South Georgia. He said, I heard up in Outer Alabama, somebody got up that was paralyzed and started walking. Heard it in South Georgia. Let me tell you how a great revival is going to start. It's going to start with God healing people that's paralyzed. It's going to start with people that see that with cancer stage four and God's going to heal their bodies. That's how it's going to start. I'd love to go have another MRI, and I need to. Amen. I said I was going to wait till they'd let me have another one on my back because in that MRI, I've got it. It shows my nerves all wadded up in my back. 
Every one of them, you can't even see them. They're all wadded up. That's why he was going to have to do full back surgery. I'd like to see it now. If they're wadded up now, it, I, I don't know what's happened because it's healed. Amen. It's healed. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to read you this scripture. I want to read you a scripture. Then I, I want to open up this altar for everybody in here to be able to come get in and just to talk to Jesus about anything, amen, that's going on in your life. Folks, there's answers right here. He gave us prayer. It's the greatest gift we could ever have to be able to, to talk to the heavenly throne of God through our Lord and Savior sitting on the right hand of the Father to plead you and I's case. Let me read this scripture. The greatest church ever until we have our great revival. And yes, I believe it's going to compare one day. I do. I believe it. Okay. Verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. You know what that pricked in their hearts mean? If you're sitting there today and you felt the Holy Ghost of God do this. And you reminded him, just got a little... I mean, you know, you just couldn't, it's just hard to sit there. Maybe when folks were shouting and praising God and they're singing that beautiful song or all those songs, well, you just, mm, just worms in your britches, ain't in your pants, amen? You just couldn't hardly stand it. And God anointing in a mighty way, amen? God might be pricking your heart today, but you know what he says? It could even be a small, still voice. It might be like it's right here. That might be all it is. We never know what it's going to take for God to touch us. But I'll promise you this. When God touches you, you've never been touched that way before. That's why 3,000 were saved this day. Listen to what it says. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. Not just to them, not just to their children, but to the children's 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 children. Hallelujah. In verse 40, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word. You hear that? They that gladly received his word were baptized in the same day. They were added unto them about 3,000 souls. You know why they were baptized? It's not essential for salvation. Some folks might look at it, and right here's where they get it. But I'll tell you something, folks. If, if, if baptism was essential, it would say it everywhere in the word of God. Everywhere somebody witnesses, they would say, repent, be saved, and baptized. They would say, oh, Jesus would not leave that out of the Word. It would be in there everywhere. But I want to tell you this, it is a commandment. Jesus was baptized. He said, Peter, baptize me. Peter said, uh-uh. He said, you're the Lord. He said, baptize me. 
and he was baptized, and the Holy Ghost fell on him, amen, in the form of a dove. And he was baptized because, see, he was showing that he, your sins are forgiven when you're bad, amen, and them sins are bad, and you're rising a new creature, a new creature, amen. See, these folks were baptized before Christ died. So now they're repenting of their sins and they're being baptized again. And listen to me. When you get saved, when you ask Jesus to come into your heart and life, you receive the Father, you receive the Son, and you receive the Holy Ghost. You can't get two without not get the third. You can't get one without the other. You've got to get them all three if you want to be saved. There's no other way. Amen. I don't care what anybody tells you. You've got to have them all three. Amen. But I do believe in the gift of the Holy Ghost too. I believe that. Amen. Okay, let me finish up. Where did I get to? Verse 41. And then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Can you imagine that? And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. The greatest gift we got is to pray. When we leave here, see, the old devil's going to attack you, church. He's going to attack you, folks. And when you get up in the morning, he's basically going to attack you. When you go to work, the boss is going to jump on you or, or somebody's going to say something you don't like, something's going to go wrong. The devil is going to attack you because he can't stand you being happy and filled with joy. Amen? But see, right here it said you can pray. And they continue steadfast in apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and in breaking the bread, and in prayers, and fear came upon ever so, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. What were those wonders and signs? You know what they were? People being healed in the name of Jesus, okay? And all that believed were together and had all things common. Y'all come on, get ready with a song. Had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Nobody done without. Nobody. How many times you heard me say in the last two or three months, our ministry's outside these walls. Our ministry's outside these walls touching the people in our neighborhood and reaching on out past the neighborhood touching. Amen? All right. And they continued daily. Listen, daily. Take up thy cross, what? Daily, and follow me. They continued daily with one accord in the temple. What, what? You know what they all had in common? They were all filled with joy. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And they were excited. How many of you have ever seen a Christian that wasn't excited? It looked like he'd been sucking on a prune or a lemon. Just miserable. And you think they're supposed to be a, how can they be a witness? How can we be a witness with so much anger in our heart, church? We need love and joy. We need to be filled with love and joy and excited. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Why daily? Because they couldn't do nothing but praise God daily. They had him in their hearts. They had him in their lives. They had a changed life. Amen. And so they're going to worship and praise him in every way. Amen. That's the way we ought to leave here today, worshiping and praising the Lord. In this last verse, praising God and having favor, not just with God, but having favor with all the people. 
And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. God said it's time to give him taste. If you need to get in this altar today, come on. Come on. Amen. Sister.